is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Breaking the Goal Line podcast. I am your host, as always, Russell Goddard. Happy Tuesday. Happy Wednesday. What happy whatever day you're listening this to. I'm coming to you right on a Monday night, fresh off of this fantastic Monday night football game in Tennessee, Nashville. Somehow, those fan bases and everything, they pulled out a great, great win. Stopped the Bills on fourth down. Won the football game, 34-31. Really good, really good game. I got I got some thoughts off of that right off top of the bat. Week six was full of blowouts. Games that I thought were going to be close that were blowouts. The Cardinals are 6-0. The Dallas Cowboys are a real football team here, folks. And the Raiders, they, they did exactly what I thought they were going to do. They, they played with a little pride. They played with a little chip on their shoulder. I got thoughts on all of that. Everything Week 6 related. Much, much more. But, but first, but first, before we do, as always, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. Follow me on all social media platforms. If you do not, Instagram. Facebook, uh, Facebook uh, Twitter, whatever it is, you know, Twitter, if you're in the Twitter universe, I'm on there. Russell underscore Goddard 55, all social media handles. You could see my bets of the week. By the way, 13, 6, and 1 here, folks. 13, 6, and 1. Come ride the roller coaster with me because we're making money this year, folks. Lots of it. So let's just dive into week six. Let's go. Okay, first and foremost, let's go right off the bat. Buffalo Bills, Tennessee Titans, AFC showdown. The Titans, little rocky start. They got molly walked by the Cardinals week one. You know, they had the, they had that comeback win on the Seahawks, and then they had a couple weird losses. Didn't really know what this team was. Well, this team is Derek freaking Henry. Three touchdowns tonight. What, he had 150 rushing yards. He busted open in the first quarter, that 75-yard touchdown run. Derrick Henry is an absolute superstar, a superstar. And when he is on, there is very few players, quarterbacks involved. I mean, I'm putting quarterbacks in this. A lot of times when you say he's a top five player, you kind of just, you know, you kind of take the quarterbacks out of that. You know, quarterbacks are in their own conversation. Derrick Henry is a top 10 football player in this league. That dude, When he's on, it's insane. He has elite game speed. Elite strength. He just shoves guys off. I mean, he's a, he's two two to three yards every carry. And Josh Allen is absolutely elite, too. I know they lost this football game. And this was a great, great football game. I mean, from the jump, what a fantastic football game. The Titans started punting back-to-back drives. Looked like the Bills maybe, got, maybe were going to get something. But then they held them. Bills uh, Bills only got two two field goals. It was 6-0. Boom, Derrick Henry, big touchdown run. It's 7-6, and we got a ball game. And from there on out, it was a fireworks show. It was a lot of Josh Allen being Josh Allen. Fucking Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley making plays out their ass. Julio Jones catching a ball, tipped in the air off of the freaking defender's helmet, making the sideline grab. Derrick Henry stiff-arming, running guys over left and right. What an absolutely fantastic Monday night football game. It was great. It was great. Good on all. I mean, I don't think I've. I don't think I've seen Tennessee's defense play as well as they did than in tonight's football game, especially that. Especially the second half and the fourth quarter. And I know the Bills ended up scoring that last drive. They stiffened up, even though they gave up a lot of yards. They stiffened up towards the down. Now that third down run by Josh Allen, where he almost got that first down. That play right there alone, Josh Allen rolls out to the left, takes it, runs, dives, gets hit by two different defenders, comes down like an inch away from the first down marker. That play alone, that play alone shows you the competitive character of Josh Allen, shows you how much he's willing to put on the line on every single Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It doesn't matter what day of the week it is. It doesn't matter what you think. Josh Allen is an elite superstar and he put it on showcase tonight now they got stopped on fourth and one there was what i mean 22 seconds left in the ball game down by three uh, on the five yard line they were trying to get the first down you have a six four quarterback a six four stud 
quarterback sneak, get the first down. They want to win the football game. I'm never really going to be opposed to a team like the Bills, who's got Josh Allen, who's got everything that they got. They have it working this year, going for it in that position. Now, now with that being said, taking the field goal, taking the three points, tying the football game, going to overtime, do I like my chances better with the Bills or Derrick Henry? At that point, I guess you kind of got to say whoever gets the ball might score. So Sean McDermott went ahead and went for it on fourth down. Now they didn't get it. They got stopped. It was a good defensive effort, but also not the greatest quarterback sneak by Josh Allen. That's one thing that I think every quarterback needs to watch more film of Tom Brady on. Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback sneaker in the history of the NFL. No one will ever change my mind on that. He does it with such an efficiency, a perfection. He does it to the point where it literally cannot be stopped. Josh Allen tonight, two quarterback sneaks were stuffed. Stuffed. The first one was in the, was in the, was in the first half. They ended up getting a field goal instead of a touchdown. They didn't get the first down. He tried to bounce it to the outside. He did a little kind of fake and then bounced it to the outside. And this last one, you know, trying to win the football game, he goes for it. Now, he did slip a little bit, but he does a little head fake first. So, like, a little hesitation. Like, he's Stephon Curry. Like, he's Steph, Steph. Why did I say his name like that? Like, he's Steph Curry or anything in the corner. Like, doing a little pump fake, trying to step to the side and get hit the shot and get the foul. There's no and one in the NFL, Josh. I thought that one was on you. That that was on Josh Allen. That last it is a little head fake. Go watch the replay. He gets the ball. He lifts his entire upper body and his chin up almost into the air. Like he's going to throw the football. Like you're faking anybody out on fourth and an inch, Josh. You're 6'4". Go run underneath your center's ball sack. Find his scrotum. Put your head in between it. Split the dude's nuts and get the first down. I mean, seriously. I was a center. I played center. I I told my quarterback every time on a quarterback sneak, you go through my legs because I will move this guy. You will get at least a yard. I'm going to move him at least a yard. If you go through and split my scrotum, split the two little testicles I got hanging down from me, I promise you're going to get the first down. Josh didn't do that. Now he did slip, but he slipped after the head fake. And Tennessee wins. Hell of a win for Tennessee. They're 4-2. Bills are 4-2. Now, the Buffalo Bills are definitely a different 4-2 than Tennessee Titans. However, Tennessee's got a win on them now. So... It's not that much different, but it was a fantastic football game. Look, if Tennessee can play like that for the rest of the year and have Derrick Henry humming, have Julio Jones healthy, A.J. Brown healthy, now their defense is in shambles. I mean, they have like six defensive backs, J.C. Jackson and all of them. J.C. Jackson actually is kind of ass, to be honest. I actually think that it helped the Tennessee Titans defense with slow-ass, no-ball skills, J.C. Jackson on the field because he was getting his ass Beat by Cole Beasley, who's like 42 years old, and Stephon Diggs was putting it in him all night. So I actually think it helped Tennessee with J.C. Jackson, who has absolutely no ball skills, and I can come out and have better ball skills than J.C. Jackson can. Dude's got no ball skills. He had ball skills in New England when he played in a zone defense and had player on player on player on player around him. Dude's got no ball skills. He's slow as shit, too. He was getting beat all night. But they were decimated in the back end, Tennessee was. And they found a way to win this game. Jeffrey Simmons came up with some big plays. Bud Dupree, the former Pittsburgh Steeler, came up with a lot of big plays. They made Josh Allen uncomfortable. And when you can make Josh Allen uncomfortable, you can make Patrick Mahomes uncomfortable, Justin Herbert uncomfortable, better chance for you to win the football game. Make them roll to the way they don't want to. And and Josh did. Now, when Josh did roll to his right, he found Cole Beasley for that big touchdown, had another big scramble, felt like he was finding Stephon Diggs third down after third down after third down. It was a hell of a football game. Hell of a football. Everything I want to see on a Monday night game. Next Monday night, the Manning brothers are coming back, and I am excited for that one. I am excited. I think it's Seahawks. Is it Seahawks and Saints, I think, next Monday night with a little Peyton and Eli action? Now, that game might suck because I don't know what to really make of the Saints and the Seahawks without Russell Wilson, although we're going to get into that Sunday night football game here pretty soon. Seahawks without Russell Wilson, not very good. They're not going to win very many games. It was entertaining last night. Great Monday night football game. Bills lose one here, but it's not the end of the world for the Bills. You're 4-2. and two. 
you still look like you might be the best, best the best team in the AFC, if not the best team in the NFL. Your defense is playing like fucking lights out. Josh Allen, that offense is fantastic. It, it, you lost to a good NFL team, an AFC team at home on a primetime game where their quarter, where their running back, who is the best running back in football, got three touchdowns. He broke one for 75 yards. Those aren't games that you win. And Buffalo still somehow, somehow, some way was there at the end of the game and tried to make it, tried to actually win it. They almost won it. Could have tied it up, went to OT. I wouldn't even be talking to you guys right here, right now. The game would probably still be going. But thankfully, it's over and I can get this pod going and we can talk about this great fucking Monday night game. Tennessee, I think they got Kansas City next week. The Bills are on a bye. I think the Bills are, are the Bills are on a bye. So and the Bills are on a bye. So look, four and two. Let's go to the bye. Tennessee's got a tough matchup against Kansas City. But Tennessee's kind of rolling. Now their defense is terrible. But if Jeffrey Simmons in that front four, you know, we saw we saw uh, bon, uh, Kevin Bonier today. He's playing great. Jeffrey Simmons needs to step up. Uh, Harold Varner needs to step up a little bit. So some of these guys on this defense, a few of these pieces, three, four of these guys, if they could step up and make plays kind of consistently through through a couple halves, you know, a couple quarters of each half, you know, once a couple quarters each half, I guess it means a full game is what I'm saying, they can win more football games because they're getting beat in the back end. But Tennessee's, Tennessee's a better team than what they showed the first four weeks. And we saw it tonight come full circle. Beat a really, really, really good Buffalo Bills team. Fantastic Monday Night Football game. It's everything I wanted to see out of it. Honestly, there's not a lot of – I don't have negatives for either team. I don't. They played great, both both sides. I thought it was great coaching. Vrabel's good. Sean's good. Josh is great. Tannehill played a good, solid game. You know, Derrick Henry's an absolute superstar. Hell of a football game. I can't wait to see these guys again. I have a feeling. Bills and Titans, they've been playing a lot. You know, and I know they're scheduled to play a lot. I just, I got a feeling that maybe, maybe these two teams are going to meet in the first round of the playoffs this year. And I think that game is going to be fucking awesome. And it's going to be in Buffalo, though. It's going to be in Buffalo this time. Because I don't know if Tennessee's going to have a better record than the Bills. So this one will be in Buffalo. And what a hell of a playoff game that would be, folks. Okay, let's transition into last night's football game. The Sunday night game, Seahawks traveled to Pittsburgh, took on the Steelers, and at first it was kind of a snooze fest, kind of a dull game. Steelers were up, kind of looked like they were going to run away with it, and then it kind of got good, and then it got really good. And the second half in the fourth quarter got really, really good. T.J. Watt made the plays of the game, back-to-back plays, back-to-back sack, strip sack, in overtime, I mean, what a stellar performance this guy puts on on prime time. The Steelers end up winning this game in OT on a field goal, but the Seahawks did not go away. This game was done. I, the first, the, the, I mean, I think maybe halfway through second quarter, I thought, all right, this game's done. It's toast. I think the, I think Geno just went three and out. They punted away back to uh, back to the Steelers. I thought the game was done. It was toast. It was over. It's Geno and the Seahawks team. They can't keep up. Well, you know, say what you want about Jamal Adams, and I will say that he can't cover dick. I mean, not a soul. The guy has no ball skills. I have more ball skills in my left pinky toe than Jamal Adams in his entire body. But that's not his style. He's a big hitter, and I get it. And he kept the pedal to the metal last night with that defense. And they kept hitting him, hitting him, hitting him, bringing pressure. And at the end of the day, Big Ben can't move. And he can hardly throw the fucking football anymore. He really can't. It's hard to watch sometimes. Ben Roethlisberger is hard to watch a lot of the time. Najee's doing his thing. Claypool, Deontay Johnson. You got some studs. And then you got this guy that just is terrible. I mean, from the moment he gets the ball in his hands, it just looks really, really bad a lot of the time. And the lack of the offense, the lack of the production from the Steelers' offense and Big Ben, let the Seahawks come back in it. Let Geno Smith come back in it. Let that defense ride a little wave. They got a couple stops in a row. That offense got a touchdown. They were feeling it. Alex Collins had 120 yards and a touchdown last night. They were feeling it. They were playing tough, hard, physical football. But 
my entire life, my 28 years of living, when I hear tough, hard, physical football, there is only one team, one franchise that comes to mind. It is the Pittsburgh Steelers. And at the end of the day, in an OT, very ugly win, the Steelers played tough, hard, physical football. And T.J. Watt strip-sacked the shit out of Geno Smith on one of the best plays I have seen a defensive lineman make since Reggie fucking White. The dude is a monster, non-stop motor, made the play of the game, got the strip in OT, Geno Smith back-to-back weeks with a turnover to lose the game. Tough for him, but he played tough. He came in and played well. You know, this Seahawks team, I didn't give them, I, I didn't think they could win a lot of football games. I still don't, because I still think it's going to be games like this against the Steelers. You know, next week they got the Jags. So, sure, they could pull off a win. If they play how they did against the Steelers, they can beat the Jags. You know, although the Jags got their first win in London, baby, they're one in five. We're going to talk about them in a little bit. But, man, they, they played tough. They played hard. They were ready to go. But when it comes down to it, when you play tough, hard, physical, physical fucking football, it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. And they, they, they were, they were, the Steelers were, were tiring. Like they had, they were doing a ring of honor for everybody. There was Franco Harris was there. Uh, 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 um, Heinz Ward was there. Tony Dungy, uh, 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 not Tony, all these fucking, not Tony Dungy, sorry. All these fucking guys were there. It looked like there was like nine, 10, maybe 15 Steeler Hall of Famers there. It was insane. They showed it, and it was just Hall of Famer after Hall of Famer after Hall of Famer after Hall of Famer. And that's what the Steelers produce. Hall of Famer after Hall of Famer. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's been in my lifetime. It doesn't matter if it was in the 80s, the 70s, the 60s, 1885. The Steelers have always produced a defensive monster on the field, and they have one with T.J. Watt. He is the player of the game. He is the game. He was this game. Mike Tomlin, uh, you know, slouch in this game anyway, because an absolute great coaching call. Good, just coaching game by Tomlin. Tomlin's fucking fantastic, ladies and gentlemen. If the Steelers do have a losing record, a losing record this year, and and it's a maybe, might. If they if if they do, which is maybe, it, I I would be shocked because Mike Tomlin is not a loser. He's a winner. Mike Tomlin's a winner. He does not have losing seasons. He will not have losing seasons. He refuses to have losing seasons. In games like last night, pulling off an overtime victory when you have your best player making a fucking play is exactly why he's a winner. At the end of the day, I don't think the Steelers are a very good team. Let me, let me, let me rephrase. I don't think the Steelers are a great team. I do think that they are a good team at times. When their defense is able to carry them, they can lean on Claypool catching some catching short passes and going, Deontay Johnson making some plays, and Najee making some plays. Ben, ben, Big Ben can't do anything anymore. He's absolutely 100% done. I Honestly, if they had anybody, anybody else to go to, I would bench him. But they have nobody. You gotta roll with Big Ben. You gotta hope that he can stay healthy and that he can somehow, some way, make some accurate passes, which he can if he has a pocket. This was a great football game last night. How blessed are we to have a Sunday night, Monday night fucking slate like we did? I mean, hell of a game last night, which I didn't think was gonna be a game. I had the Steelers five and a half last night, and they ended up winning that game in OT on a field goal by three. The Bills, I had them four, five and a half tonight. They end up losing that game. I love the NFL. The parody in the NFL is like no other sport. The humbleness, the fact that you will be humbled on any given play is unlike no other sport other than golf. Golf is the only other sport that will humble your ass as quickly as it will excite you. I promise that. It's just these guys are humbled on every single play. You don't think 
You don't think the dude that got his ass stiff on the defensive tackle for the Bills tonight that made a play and thought that he had Derrick Henry stop four yards behind the line of scrimmage, Derrick Henry gave him a stiff arm that looked like he was flexing, like looked like he was curling a 15-pound dumbbell, just extended his arm like, bitch, get out of my way. Yeah, dude was humbled. Dude was humbled. The NFL is parody, is insane. And that's why we see week in and week out teams win football games like Tennessee <laughs> winning tonight, like the Seahawks, Russell Wilson, Seahawks list, beating the Steelers, you know, like Jacksonville finally getting their first win. I love the NFL. I love watching the NFL. Gives me a rush like no freaking other, baby. I'll tell you that. I mean, the only thing else that comes close is maybe postseason baseball and hockey because postseason basketball anymore doesn't even do it. I'll tell you that. I mean, I can't watch NASCAR. So other than that, I mean, I'm left with football here, baby. 17, oh, I'm sorry. 18 weeks of pure joy. Okay, so let's fire through some of these week six games. Uh, some of them I'm not going to spend a lot of time on. Some of them I'm going to highlight. Because there's some games this week. Arizona Cardinals. Uh, <clears throat> ooh, ooh, what was that? Oh, somebody say Arizona Cardinals are 6-0. Did you say that? Did anybody say? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, my Arizona Cardinals are 6-0. So we're just going to fire through some of these uh, <laughs> some of these week six games. Touch some of them. Like, you know, let's start right here. Dolphins and Jags. Not a lot to talk about other than that the Jacksonville got their first win. They went over to London, you know, a little jet lag for both teams, and they went on a game-winning field goal. That kicker for the Jacksonville Jaguars hit two of the best field goals maybe I've seen all year and maybe I've seen in a quite some time. The one to tie the football game literally looked like on a tee box, you need to hit a draw, 15-yard draw. I mean, he was 20 yards to the right, and this ball just woo, curved right in, and it was good. Tie the football game up. They get defense, defense makes a stop. Trevor Lawrence, bang, 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 field goal to win the game. Congratulations to Trevor Lawrence on his first NFL win. Congratulations to Urban Meyer. He needed it. They needed it. This horrible franchise needs it. Jacksonville, Urban, he, he's got the quarterback. He just needs the offensive line. He needs some drafts. He needs some defensive players. He needs some offense. He needs a couple drafts. But I think I think Urban's got the quarterback. Now, is Urban going to stay? You know, I know Ur Urban's really flimsy. He's fluky. He's flaky. He's kind of a fucking fraud. But it's a good win for them. Miami Dolphins are in shame. Are in, are in shame, are in shambles, and should be ashamed. They're in shambles. Brian Flores, this team is awful. Tua was back, and I didn't even know that he was playing. I had no idea that Tua was, was coming back for this game, and he actually didn't play bad. He, I think he was like 67% completion percentage, threw over 300 yards, had two touchdowns. Didn't play awful, but he didn't play good enough. Like When you watch Tua, it's he's not a winning – to me, he's not a winning quarterback. He's just a quarterback. And when you're just a quarterback, you don't last very long as a starter in this league. You know, to me, Teddy Bridgewater is just a quarterback. Teddy Bridgewater is not a starter to me in this league. He's just a quarterback. And just a quarterback can be a solid backup. Can be a really solid backup. Can do a lot of things for your team. Tua Tagovailoa, he doesn't look very good. And he had a good game. He did. Like, I can't sit here and shit-talk him because he was so bad. No, like, he played okay. But my eye test tells me he's just not a very good quarterback. He just might not be very good. A couple more games, but, mm, I don't know. Miami's in shambles right now. Absolute shambles. Uh, Vikings and Panthers. I thought this was going to be a hell of a fourth quarter, and I was not wrong. I mean, was not wrong. 20, was it 24 total points scored in the fourth quarter between two teams? Went to overtime, and the Minnesota Vikings walked it off in OT. Kirk Cousins played a really good second half. Sam Darnold, a really good second half. But these two defenses were exactly where I thought they were going to be. They were tough. They played Sam Darnold really, really tough and forced him into a turnover. The Panthers played Kirk Cousins really, really tough, forced him into a couple turnovers. And this this game was exactly what I thought it was going to be. It was going to be it was under 30 total points heading into the fourth quarter. I had the 46 and a half 
lock of the week this week, ladies and gentlemen, and it hit. And we went to OT, and what a thriller it was. The Vikings are a better team than the record says, and the record says they're not too bad now. The Panthers started off really hot and now have lost three in a row. I mean, started 3-0, and and now they've lost three straight. Sam Darnold kind of has come back down to earth. they got to figure some stuff out. Now, their defense is still really good. It's going to help them propel and win some games. But they got to figure some stuff out here. You know, I think everyone kind of jumped the gun a little bit on this 3-0 start, especially after you go after you go 0-3. Not good. 3-3 Panthers. But a good win here by the Vikings. Really good football game. Chargers and Ravens, the only game, the only early game that I said did not have a chance to be a blowout. The only one. And it was a fucking onslaught. Onslaught. Destroyed. Dominance. Absolute dicking of the Baltimore Ravens did to the Chargers. I mean, just throttled them. Throttled them. They rolled them. I mean, at home, Lamar was fantastic. That defense was fantastic. Justin Herbert was in a box all day long, was getting hit left and right, could not could not make a clean throw. Austin Eckler was bottled up like crazy. This Ravens defense is for real, and they have Marlon Humphreys not even playing. To go with Patrick Queen, who got hurt in that game, they're missing some defensive tackles. Not to mention they're missing seven of their fucking running backs. They're just putting together this running rotation with signing Latavius Murray, which the Saints gave away, which I don't know. I, I don't know why they did that because now Latavius is on this team as the healthy running back. Lamar is throwing out of his mind. Lamar Jackson is making passes. I never thought in a million years he would be able to make. Never thought in a million years he would be able to make. He is unbelievable. He's unbelievable. This Ravens team is the best team in the AFC. And I'm going to say that right now because the Bills lost tonight. The Bills lost tonight. The Baltimore Ravens are the best team in the AFC. Easy, hands down. And, 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 the Bills are close. I'm not, and that's not like, hands down, they're going to beat everyone. The Bills Bill sucks. No, no clearly, there's clearly still good teams in the AFC. But right now, the Ravens' special teams, offensively and defensively, coaching, everything. Everything. I mean, from top to bottom, culture, ownership, everything. Going from their trainers to fucking everybody. They are the best team in the AFC right now. They are a animal, a machine at this current moment, and they are feeling it. They are feeling it. They should not have lost to the Colts on Monday night. I mean, they should not have beat the Colts on Monday night, and they did. They did. They beat the Colts, and it feels now it feels like they're playing with a lot of house money. And they're feeling good. And they're going to start rolling. I, I, this Ravens team, everyone was out. Everyone was out on them. Everybody. As soon as all those injuries started piling up, everyone's out. Lamar can't throw. Yeah, they're not going to be able to do this without this run game. Oh, now Humphreys is out. Oh, yeah, you're done. Ravens season's is done. Browns win that division. Lock it up. Steelers probably finish second. You'll be lucky if you finish third. Yeah. Lamar Jackson and John Harbaugh is telling everyone to fuck themselves. Go fuck yourselves because we are the top dog. We are the shit. John Harbaugh is easily, easily, easily a top five coach in this league, and he gets disrespected year in and year out. It's unbelievable. What he's done, him and Romeo Cannell, what they've done with this offense, what he's done with the special teams that he is a special teams coach in this defense with the injuries that have plagued them, it's, 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 it's remarkable. It's absolutely remarkable. I love watching the Ravens. Lamar Jackson's a superstar. I mean, I'm, I'm just, every year, every week, I feel like I keep moving Lamar up on my board. You know, at first I was like, oh, you know, he's top 15 quarterback. Oh, no, he's top 13 quarterback. Shit, he's top eight quarterback. He's top five quarterback. I keep moving him up every week because he just does something different every week. He's good. He's really, really good. He's sweet. Super sweet. This Ravens team... Uh, now, now don't get me wrong. This Chargers team is fine. They, they, they came off a bunch of good wins in a row. They're a young team with a young head coach and a young quarterback that faced a monster at home. And sometimes this happens when a good team faces another good team. Sometimes that home team, especially they just get the upper hand. They just kind of mollywop you, but this, these two teams could definitely meet again in the playoffs. Chargers Ravens, just like Bill's Titans. 
I think these two teams can meet in the playoffs again. I don't know. I think it's again at Baltimore. I mean, that would be a hell of a playoff game to me. I would love to see this game again because I, I think it goes a little bit different. I don't think the Ravens run away with it. But, man, the Ravens, easily the, I think, easily the best team in the AFC right now. They are dominant, just dominant. Rams and Giants. Um, I, I, I mean, was it like 42 to 10? Daniel Jones had like three or four picks in this game. Now the Giants were, were just riddled with injuries. I think four of their top five wide receivers were out. Saquon was out. A couple defensive players were out. I get it. I get it. The Giants aren't going to win a lot of football games. You know, I, I like Joe Judge. I, I think he's okay. I question him a lot of the time. I question his tactics on how and how it really goes down there. But, but I like him. You know, I like him. I like what he tries to bring. But the Rams absolutely fucking rolled him. I mean, rolled him. It was it was ridiculously over. Another game that was rolled. Texans at Colts. Colts rolled them. Carson Wentz completed 11 passes for like three touchdowns and 150 yards. They they won this game by like 27 points. It, it wasn't close. And the Texans last week, you know, Davis Mills, what a game. You know, he put it up. He couldn't couldn't beat the almost. But Mac Jones came back and beat the Patriots. It was a hell of a game. This is just what happened. Texans, uh, they're not a good football team. They're not a good football team, but occasionally they're going to have games like last week where Davis Mills fucking goes off and this, you know, they're playing tough, they're playing hard, but it's not a good football team. More, more times or not, they're going to get their ass beat like they did. Chiefs in Washington. I said this was going to be a bounce back game for the Kansas City Chiefs. It did not look like it was going to be a bounce back game for the Kansas City Chiefs through one half of football. Patrick Mahomes threw the worst interception I've ever seen him throw. Maybe one of the worst interceptions I've ever seen the quarterback throw. That's not named Mark Sanchez. It was awful. It was an entire re-kill three weeks in a row now was had a ball go through his hands for an interception. So those aren't on Mahomes. So, you know, everyone's talking about how many picks Mahomes has. Well, let, let's go back and look how many, how many you know, interceptions he's threw. that went right through fucking Tyreek Hill's hands. Three of them in a row. Three weeks in a row, folks. Go, go back and watch the film. Okay, don't just take my word for it. Just go back and watch the film. Three weeks in a row. Tyreek Hill. Ball through the hand. Interception. But it didn't matter. Because it was a bounce-back game. Eventually, the Chiefs started getting going. Washington's not going to – I mean, Heineke can only do so much. I like Gibson. McLaurin's my man. I, I think he's fucking awesome. But this defense is not the 85 Bears like everyone talked it up to be before the season. They've actually been kind of a disappointment. Chase Young is a monster and a baller. Marquez Sweat, Sweat's a baller. They got some good They got some good players here. But at the end of the day, this was a bounce-back game for the Chiefs. It was a must-win, and it was a good win to get them back to 3-3. Three and three. You know, I know Mahomes threw two picks in this game, but he also threw three fucking touchdowns. Like, and Kansas City's defense is horrible. They're terrible. They're atrociously bad. They got no pressure right now. Frank Clark's not doing anything. No one can cover anybody. It's pretty insane. It's pretty insane. I mean, one of the Washington's touchdowns last week, the guy was so wide open, I thought Tyron Matthew was going to throw his helmet at, at, like, at, at his own player. Sorsen is bad. I mean, Sorensen is not a good NFL player at the moment. Tyree, Tyron Matthew looks like he wants to punch him in the face every single play. It's not good. They got to somehow clean it up in the back end. But it was a win. It was a good win for the Chiefs. They needed that to get back to 3-3. Three and three. Bengals and the Lions. Uh, well, I mean, honestly, I thought this was a good spot for the Lions. And Bengals rolled them. Shut out. Shut out. Jared Goff is a really bad quarterback, ladies and gentlemen. I hope that we all understand that now. I hope we all understand now the difference between Jared Goff and Matt Stafford because I still, still to this day, and it bothers me. It just bothers me. It's just a pet peeve because it's, it's just like I just don't understand how you're not seeing what's actually happening. Like if these are facts that are happening, Jared Goff is terrible. Matthew Stafford is really good. Matthew Stafford was good on the Lions. Jared Goff was okay on the Rams with all the talent around him and is absolutely atrocious on the Lions because he has no talent around him. I just, Jared Goff's not a very good quarterback. He's not very good. He can't move the ball. He can't move. He's skipping the ball left and right. And it sucks because I got fucking, I traded for TJ Hawkinson. And now I just, I feel like I'm getting fucking dicked. I'm just getting screwed here. Because Jared Goff is horrendous. He's horrendous. But they do got some playmakers. Like I said, TJ Hawkinson. Uh, Swift is not bad. Uh, Jamal Williams is also a good running back. 
you know, every once in a while, Jared Goff is going to piece together an okay football game, but the Lions are going to lose a lot of ball games. The Bengals just had their way with them. Offensive, defensively, it was it was bad. It was bad. The Lions aren't a good football team, so I don't expect them to win a lot of football games. But, man, I expect Jared Goff to be a little bit better than that. Cowboys and Patriots. Uh, well, Trevon Diggs, I don't know if you've heard of him. Uh, he's the brother of Stephon Diggs. Yeah, he is an absolute superstar. He has an interception in every game that he's played this year. He has two pick sixes. He has just as many touchdowns as his brother does, who is a wide receiver, who plays with Josh Allen, has his touchdowns this year. They both have two. Two! One's a wide receiver. One's a cornerback. They got the same amount of touchdowns, ladies and gentlemen, through six weeks. That's pretty nuts. That is pretty nuts. Trevon Diggs. He, he, I mean, a lot of people want to throw out the fucking Deion Sanders right now. I'm not quick to jump to Deion Sanders, but the dude's a monster. And honestly, he's definitely, I mean, he's, he's front runner defense player of the year. The Cowboys are a real football team. This was a fantastic football game, folks. I mean, back and forth the whole game. Mac Jones looked like he had this in the bag. They were up. The, the Patriots were up a couple points. Two over two minutes to go. Mac Jones throws the pick six. Now it was tipped off the receiver's hands, and the receiver kind of fell, but right in it, right into Diggs' hands. And Diggs' ball skills, yeah, they're unbelievable. Unlike J.C. Jackson, who can't literally see the ball, or Jamal Adams, who had a ball hit him in the face mask. Jamal Adams had a football thrown by Ben Roethlisberger with maybe I don't know. It was it was thrown by Ben, so it was going like 20 miles an hour, like not fast at all. Hit him in the face mask. He has no instincts. He has no ball skills. Trevon Diggs has more more ball skills than any other corner I've personally seen in my entire lifetime. Like corner that I've seen. Other than Champ Bailey, I think Trevon Diggs, just, just what I've seen, just from his career, like I'm not trying to say he's just, like, you know, I'm not trying to blow this guy and say he's the best corner I've ever seen. I'm saying pure ball skills. He's the best since Champ Bailey that I've seen. The best since Champ Bailey. It, it, it's, it's This guy, he changes the game. Mac Jones threw that pick six. The Patriots went up. And then on the next play, Mac Jones throws a dart, a rope, fucking lasers it in, goes goes for the touchdown, tie football game. We got overtime, ladies and gentlemen. And Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb said, not, not. Mac Jones, you couldn't get it done. He had to punt it away. Well, that's too bad. I'm going to go ahead and walk it off, says CeeDee Lamb. Give me my money. CeeDee Lamb with a walk-off touchdown. The Cowboys are a real team. Cowboys are a real team. And the Patriots are no slouch here, folks. They're going to keep playing hard games like they did this week against teams that everyone thought they should build, they should, they should beat them. Everyone thought – I mean, they think the Cowboys were a four-and-a-half-point favorite. <coughs> Excuse me. But they were a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Patriots are going to play hard all year, and especially because they didn't have any pass rush. As long as Matt Jones is not getting pressured – Mac Jones is going to be able to sit and, 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 and he's, going to win. he's going to be able to win some football games. Raiders and Broncos. Well, Broncos were a five and a half point favorite, which I thought was the dumbest thing that I have seen all year since the Pittsburgh Steelers were a five and a half point underdog week one to the Buffalo Bills. I won on that and I won on this tonight. Three and oh yesterday, ladies and gentlemen. The Raiders came out and they punched the Broncos in the mouth. Teddy Bridgewater, he's just the quarterback, folks. If you don't know that by now, I don't know what else to tell you. He's just a quarterback. He's nothing special. He's not going to score a lot of points. He's not a spectacular guy that's going to make play after play after play. Now, he's a solid quarterback. He's a solid quarterback. He's not a starter. And this Raiders defense and Derek Carr, who was absolutely fantastic yesterday, Derek Carr was throwing dime after dime, rope after rope. Henry Ruggs is becoming one of the best playmakers, but I mean, big time playmakers in the league. I think he's like, he's definitely, he's in the top 10 with most catches over 20 yards this year. Darren Waller is one of the best players in the NFL. Josh Jacobs, a monster. Kenyon Drake is no slouch. Two touchdowns yesterday, Kenyon Drake. That offensive line, now while it has its problems and they're trying to figure out where to put their first-round pick, Alex Weatherwood, which they shouldn't have taken in the fucking first place, but I get it. You're an Alabama factory. You take Alabama player after Alabama player, might as well take another Alabama player. But this offensive line, has got it's got its work cut out for it. 
but they're playing okay. Derek Carr is overcoming it. And this Raiders team just coming off of losing John Gruden. They just lost their head coach. Derek Carr just lost the guy that he tried to gain respect to, that he tried to say, I want to start here. You know, you got you got Max Crosby and Darren Waller. They were really close to him. Darren Waller and Max Crosby both came out and said, I would not be playing in the NFL if it wasn't for John Gruden. They both said that last year after Crosby went into fucking rehab. After Darren Waller's a former uh, Darren Waller's a former drug uh, 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 like he, he was addicted to pills. He was addicted to drugs. Max Crosby checked himself in a rehab last year for alcohol. Both those guys said, well, if it wasn't for John Gruden, they wouldn't be playing in the NFL. Well, he gets fired, essentially resigns, whatever you want to call it. However you want to call the John Gruden fiasco, whatever you want to say, they're supposed to lose at Denver against a team that has a really good defense but a fucking piss-poor offense. Come on, ladies and gentlemen. Five-and-a-half-point favorite. The Raiders, what disrespect the black and silver was on Sunday. Just disrespected. Derek Carr and them boys came out and punched him in the mouth. Khalil Mack said, fuck you. I'm the man. I don't care. Khalil Mack's not on that team anymore. I don't know why I said that. I didn't mean Khalil Mack. I meant Max Crosby. I'm thinking Khalil Mack because I'm also thinking of the other game I was talking about. <laughs> but it was, it, it, was, it was an intense win for the Raiders. The game was not close. It was never close. They came out and punched him in the mouth right away. It was a very emotional win. It, it, it was a very – it, it kind of felt like it was a very hard-on-their-sleeve kind of win. You know, uh, this chip on their shoulder. We need to prove this. We need to win this game for John, for, for everything that's happening, for just the Raiders sucking ass the last decade or plus. We got to win this football game. We got to come out with a grit, and they did. I said they were going to, and they did. And honestly, I don't think the Denver Broncos are a very good football team. Teddy Bridgewater's not a good quarterback. Drew Locke's not a good quarterback. Well, I like Vic Fangio. I don't know if he's a good head coach. And, 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 and without Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton's hit and miss sometimes. Now, I like I like your running back core, but mm, your team, other than your defense, who's also kind of hit and miss now. Now there were now we're six weeks through the season. We kind of go, oh, okay, sometimes you can't cover anybody. If your pass rush doesn't get there, you can't cover anybody. And you just let guys like Darren Waller, Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards just burn you. And that's what happened. Raiders just fucking burned them. It's a good win. Good win by Las Vegas. Called it. Okay. In the last two games from Sunday, from week six, that we still yet to talk about. But I wanted to highlight these two games just on their own. Just wanted to give both of them a platform. First one. My Arizona Cardinals, who are six and oh, I repeat, that's a that's a number six. That's a that's, that's a slash and a zero. So six wins, zero losses, still only defeated team. I yes, I'm being an asshole. Yes, I'm doing this because we're six and oh. And, and, and look, I got to be. I mean, come on. I, I did not think we were going to win this football game. No Cliff Kingsbury. No Chandler Jones, no Rodney Hudson going into Cleveland. And yes, I understand Cleveland did not have Nick Chubb. I understand that they had injuries on the offensive side of the ball. I don't want to hear about injuries, though, because we didn't have Chandler Jones, right? Cardinals didn't have Chandler Jones. They also didn't have their head fucking coach. That's adversity, ladies and gentlemen. If I would, if I never told you, if, if you did not know that Cliff Kingsbury was not going to be coaching, who, by the way, is not just their head coach, he is their play caller. They don't have an offensive coordinator. Cliff Kingsbury is the head coach and the offensive coordinator. He calls all the plays. So if I would have told you that halfway through the game, you wouldn't believe. You would have said, "Oh, Cliff Kingsbury is coaching a one hell of a football game today." I would have turned to you and said, "Yeah, he's not even there today." You would you, you would have thought I was lying to you. You didn't think that that was real. The Cardinals came out and absolutely rolled, demolished, destroyed, put beat the shit out of the Browns. I mean, clearly, I mean, this, this, that, that's the only word to use. Beat the shit out of the Cleveland Browns. Baker Mayfield did not look good. While he did look good at times and had a couple good plays, it's clear that without Nick Chubb, and then when Kareem Hunt did get hurt, which he's going to be, looks like he's going to be out a month, looks like. Their, their rookie linebacker that they drafted, Jeremiah Wusukomola, the dude 28 that makes play after play after play that uh, for some reason I'm the only person in, in the entire fucking country that likes to talk about this kid. But Jeremiah Wusukomola, it looks like he's out for a month too with Kareem Hunt. That sucks. But without Kareem Hunt, without Odell Beckham, who is hurt, I guess, right? A calf fucking injury. He's nowhere to be found anyway. 
I mean, one of the biggest disaster trades I can think of is this Odell Beckham trade to Cleveland. An absolute disaster. You don't have anybody now. You have to 100% rely on Baker Mayfield to win these football games. Because unless you have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt rolling, unless you have this run game rolling, I, I just, I don't know. I mean, Baker, you're, you're putting all the load on Baker Mayfield. Well, he tried to put some of it on him yesterday. They tried to put the ball in his hands and make big play and big throw after big throw. And he missed after miss after miss. And don't get me wrong, this Cardinals defense is legit. They are legit. And the Browns just came off of a loss to the Chargers whose defense is not as good. And let Baker and let Nick Chubb and let and let Kareem Hunt get all these yards and points on them. The Cardinals didn't allow that. They bottled Baker up. Without Nick Chubb and just Kareem Hunt, you know, I don't want to hear about injuries here, folks. I, I, from any of you Browns fans here, I don't want to hear about injuries because injuries happen. That's the NFL. Yeah, so what, you were out two offensive linemen. So what, you were out one of your running backs. Oh, I'm sorry that your second string running back is still a top 10 running back in this fucking league. I'm sorry. We were out one of the best pass rushers in the league, and the Cardinals were. No Chandler Jones. They didn't have their head coach and their play caller. And yet still they put up, what, 30 fucking seven points or whatever it was. They, they It was a slaughter. It was a slaughter from the jump. From the jump. How can Baker and the Browns and Kevin Stefanski, which he clearly does not trust Baker, folks, we've seen this now three weeks in a row. Three weeks in a row we've seen Kevin Stefanski not trust Baker Mayfield. I like Baker. I think he's a franchise guy, but he's not a first-round pick. And we've seen him on back-to-back weeks with Justin Herbert on the same field as him and with Kyler Murray on the same field as him. And the talent level between both of those guys and Baker Mayfield is astronomical. It's Those two guys are elite, 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 elite. Like, Kyler Murray's talent is absolutely elite. He's amazing. Justin Herbert is one of the pure, most physical players we have, have like, physically gifted players we've ever seen. Baker Mayfield's just a guy. Like, you know, he's like 5'4", doesn't have a very good arm. He's accurate at times. You know, he's not super athletic. He, he can run a little bit. He's Kirk Cousins. Baker Mayfield's Kirk Cousins. Well, what happens to Kirk Cousins when he, when Dalvin Cook doesn't play? They don't, they don't win very, they don't win very many football games. They just don't. They have to have a run game. I just, this Browns team now, with with Kareem Hunt now going to be out for a month. Nick Chubb's banged up. Look, I'm not trying to crush Baker Mayfield here. I'm not trying to make it sound like he's fucking awful, but Baker Mayfield is what Baker Mayfield is. Everyone tries to put Baker Mayfield up, these Browns fans and a lot of these media members, they try to put Baker Mayfield up like he's just the next coming of Jesus Christ. Like this dude is an awesome, like he's a fucking phenomenal first round overall pick. Like he's fucking Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert. He's not, he's not Lamar Jackson. He's not. I'm sorry. You're not Baker, but you're Baker Mayfield. You can win football games by being Baker Mayfield, but Baker Mayfield has to have players around Baker Mayfield for Baker Mayfield to be successful. It's the bottom line, folks. They need a run game. They need Nick Chubb. They need Kareem Hunt. They need this offensive line to stay healthy. They do not have a wide receiver to throw the football to because Jarvis Landry's not been healthy all season. And Odell Beckham is a disaster. It's clear. It's done. It's done. I don't want to hear any more about, we just need another week. He just needs to get healthy. Oh, next season. This is horrible horrible for Odell Beckham Jr. and this Browns team. A horrible trade. Shame on you, Cleveland, for making this trade because it's fucking atrocious. It's atrocious. Now, you're still going to win football games. You're still a good team. Your defense is a lot better. Once you get Jeremiah Wusukomoa back, you're going to be fine. You know, Nick Chubb's not going to be gone forever. Cream Hunt's going to come back. You're going to win football games. I mean, I don't think you win this division anymore because the Ravens are better than you. The Ravens are better than you, Cleveland. You have the best, you have the second best, the second best roster in this league. I don't want to hear about injuries. I I, I don't want to, you, you took this, you took this quarterback number one overall. I don't want to hear about injuries, right? Kyler Murray, number one overall pick, didn't have his fucking play caller and he he didn't miss a beat, rolled you. And now Baker looked like he dislocated his shoulder blade. He might not even fucking play on Thursday. Uh, This, this team's a little bit in shambles right now. Kevin Stefanski doesn't know what to do at times because he doesn't trust his quarterback. We don't trust your quarterback. You're in a pickle. Your hands are tied. And as a play caller 
head coach in the NFL, as somebody that's trying to make the playoffs and win their division, when your hands are tied in a football game, you lose them. You just lose them. Okay, last but not least, I've been saving this segment for the end because a lot of times I talk, it or it seems like, I talk really negative about Aaron Rodgers. That 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 when I bring him up in my podcast or or, or when I bring him up just in regular conversations, that that it sounds like I think he sucks or, or, or that he's the worst. Those words have never come out of my mouth. I, I have had I've met multiple people, right? I mean, not met. I, I've had conversations with multiple people, right? That think these things of me because they hear me talk. You know, they hear me say my opinions. They hear me say the truth, the facts of the matter, not just being a blind guy that watches these football games. So I wanted to save this Aaron bit for the end, because what I'm about to say about Aaron Rodgers is completely different than I think I've said about Aaron Rodgers since the day I started this podcast. I think we're something on like 55, 56 episodes. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was really heavy involved. Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers won a nice game in Chicago against the Bears team that I thought was going to give them a lot of hell. And they did. They did give them a lot of I mean, it was tough. It was 17-14 to 14 late in the fourth quarter, and Aaron Rodgers does a typical Aaron Rodgers scramble for a touchdown. Gets in the end zone, and when he does, all of that, all everybody in the end zone, from that corner of the end zone, all the Bears fans, they're flipping Aaron off. All of them got double birds going right at him, telling Aaron, fuck you. They hate Aaron. And Aaron Rodgers, I own you. I fucking own you. I still own you. I still own you, was his words to the fan base of the Chicago Bears. I got to say, I absolutely loved watching that live. I loved watching every second of that. My problem with Aaron Rodgers in his career is not that I think he's a bad quarterback. It is not that I think that he makes mistakes. Yes, do I think he's the biggest front runner in the history of sports? 100%. Yes, do I think he has trouble, you know, picking himself and his teammates back up in a tight close game? Yes, I do. I have my problems with Aaron Rodgers. I think he's I think he's kind of prickly. I think he's I think he's I think he's vengeful. I think he holds regrets. I think he's, you know, a little bit of immature side of him. But Aaron Rodgers is a fantastic player, one of the greatest players in the history of the NFL. He's going to go down as one of the best quarterbacks to ever spin it. But Aaron Rodgers has always played this I'm the good guy kind of play. I'm good. I want to be loved by everybody. Why doesn't everybody love me? I need everybody to love me. Love me, love me, love me, love me, love me. R-E-L-A-X, relax. Well, I don't know how many of you are WWE or WWF fans, but back in the day, I was a pretty big fan. Loved me some professional wrestling. Loved me some Stone Cold, The Rock, Triple H, all of them. And in wrestling, you have two people. You have your face, which is the good guys, and you have your heels, which are your bad guys. Now, every once in a while, you have a superstar in, in wrestling that is playing the face, but he's just not good at it. Like, you know that it's just, it feels forced. It feels ugly. It, it, he gets on the mic and you're like, man, I don't, I don't want to believe anything he says. I don't trust anything he says. For whatever reason, I just don't like this guy. I don't want to root for this guy because it feels like he's not the good guy. It feels like he, he's just pretending to be the good guy. Like he doesn't care that he's here. He doesn't care about any of us. That that's 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 one of those guys. You you know your Roman Reigns of the current times, face that shouldn't be a face. Aaron Rodgers is finally now because he is going to leave the Green Bay Packers, ladies and gentlemen. Aaron Rodgers will not be a member of the Green Bay Packers in 2022. I don't know how many times I'm going to say this, probably every podcast until it happens, but he's embracing the heel. He's finally, finally embracing the bad guy. He's okay with it now because he doesn't care about the Packers organization anymore. He knows he's leaving. He knows he's gone. So he's that WWE superstar now that decided, fuck this. I'm going to hit this guy with a chair and have the crowd go nuts because I'm turning heel. 
And Aaron Rodgers this weekend, in my opinion, and I understand it's the heat of the game. You're against the Chicago Bears, who he owns. He does own. He's like 25-5 and five in his career against the Bears. He owns your ass, Chicago. He literally lives inside of you. Whenever he wants to nest inside of you, he will. If he wants to eat in Chicago, he's eating there. If he wants to sleep, drink, fuck whoever he wants, he will. Because he lives inside of you, Chicago. But Aaron Rodgers is now the face, this good guy, that he wants to be good. He wants to be loved. He wants to do all this. Even though he's not any good at it, he's finally embracing his heel. He's finally embracing the bad guy. And I love every second of it so far. The long hair, I hated it at first. Now, if Aaron embraces the bad guy, I love it. I love the long hair. I absolutely love it. I think it plays with the character, plays with the gimmick he's trying to pull off really well. Aaron Rodgers' entire career has been a gimmick. He, his entire career has been a gimmick. From the moment he stepped on the mic, when Lisa Salters asked him how he felt about the San Francisco passing him up, he said, you know, however many teams, it'd be the biggest mistake they've ever made in their lives and they're going to regret it, every team that passed on me. From that moment, he's played a gimmick in the NFL. From that exact moment, Aaron Rodgers has played a gimmick. Now he's changing his gimmick. He's the bad guy now. He's the guy that, don't get me wrong, a lot of people have always rooted against Aaron. But he's always had this, I want to be the good guy act. This relax act. This everyone still needs to love me act. Not anymore. Not anymore. It's the I don't give a fuck act. It's, it's oh, okay, Bears fans, you're telling me to go fuck off? Well, go fuck yourselves. Because I own you. Because I own you, baby. I love Darren Rodgers this weekend. And I don't say that often, folks. I do not. Because he, he bothers me. But, man... Man, oh man, oh man. I Do I think he's going to be fun to watch this year? Absolutely. On and off the field. He just needs to keep this up. Keep embracing the darkness, the evil, the badness inside of you, Aaron. Forget this. I want to be this goody two-shoes. You had all your fun in Malibu and in, in fucking Maui, and you did all your kumbaya circles. Now you're back. Let the juices flow, baby, and just tell everybody you own their ass. And take that shit to the Super Bowl. And then leave the fucking Packers like you need to. I love that Aaron's embracing his heel. He's he's not. Even on Pat McAfee. Go watch these Pat McAfee shows. He's not trying to be all goody two-shoes anymore. Oh, I have to tiptoe so these Packer fans like me. He doesn't give a fuck anymore. And that's all I've wanted for Aaron Rodgers. Because I've always known he doesn't give a fuck. I just always wanted him to be straight up with me. That's all I've ever asked. That's all I've ever asked. He's he, he, It's like Russell Wilson. He's always go Hawks. He's such a face, you know, face of the franchise. But at least Russell Wilson says the right things. And, he, you know, he seems like, you know, a kind of a, a good guy. A lot of times Aaron Rodgers seems like he's just a piece of shit. I, and, and I'm not the only one that thinks that. And I, it's just the, the perspective that he puts out. Because he plays this, I'm the best ever and, and everyone needs to love me. And if everybody doesn't love me, I get upset. It, 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 and he's not doing that this year. He's playing the I'm the villain, and I love that. <laughs> and I think he loves it. I think he loves it. I think he's getting a little taste of the villain, of the I'm not playing for this team anymore, for the I, I'm, I'm calling the demands now, telling the Bears fans they fu- I fucking own you. And he should tell that to every, every, every team, babe. every stadium he goes to, I own you. Tell him, because he owns everybody. I mean, he has a winning record against pretty much every team he's played against. I, I just... I like where Aaron Rodgers is going right now in this season. And I don't say that a lot. And I know I've talked a lot of negative shit about Aaron. The dude's balling. The Packers are winning. I mean, they, they, they ended up winning that game 24-14. I just, I just like, I like the little heel turn. You know, the little Seth Rollins heel turn right now that, that Aaron Rodgers is doing. And I think it's going to climax with him leaving the Green Bay Packers. And he's going to be done. He's going to go full heel. He's going to go to the Pittsburgh Steelers, and he's going to be even hated, hated more than Tom Brady, I think. He's going to go to a, he's going to go to a franchise that's already hated by a lot of people. He's going to go to a franchise that his own Packer, excuse me, his own Packer fans fucking hate. The two, the two biggest fan, fan, fan bases, the easily the two biggest traveling fan bases in the NFL. He's going to go to the Steelers, and he's going to try to win Super Bowls there. He's going to be the villain there, and I'm going to eat that shit up. All right, guys, I think that's going to do it for me tonight. Uh, What a beautiful Monday night. I mean, what a great game. Fantastic week six games. Week seven looks pretty good already. Cardinals are going to go 7-0 because they face the Houston Texans next week. 
Uh, and I'm not I'm not locking it up or anything, but it's going to be pretty tough for the Cardinals not to go seven and zero. Then they got Aaron Rodgers and the Packers rolling into town. After that, that's a big boy game. That's 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 hopefully Aaron Rodgers is on his heel shit in that game, and he's not on his you know his pouty pouty wide you know crybaby crybaby face. I had to get one like you know little shot Aaron in today because I can't leave it all in positive Aaron notes. You know I gotta I gotta get a shot at the crybaby every once in a while. But all right, guys, I think it's going to do it for me. Have a great rest of your week. You know, have a great Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, whenever you're listening to this. I'll talk to everybody on Friday morning, right after the Thursday night game. Peace. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Breaking the Goal Line podcast. I am your host, as always, Russell Goddard. Happy Tuesday, happy Wednesday, what happy whatever day you're listening this to. I'm coming to you right on a Monday night, fresh off of this fantastic Monday night football game in Tennessee, Nashville. Somehow, those fan bases and everything, they pulled out a great, great win. Stopped the Bills on fourth down, won the football game 34-31. Really good, really good game. I got I got some thoughts off of that right off top of the bat. Week six was full of blowouts, games that I thought were going to be close that were blowouts. The Cardinals are 6-0. The Dallas Cowboys are a real football team here, folks. And the Raiders, they, they did exactly what I thought they were going to do. They, they played with a little pride. They played with a little chip on their shoulder. I got thoughts on all of that. Everything week six related, much, much more. But but first, but first, before we do, as always, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. Follow me on all social media platforms. If you do not, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter, whatever it is, you know, Twitter. If you're in the Twitter universe, I'm on there. Russell underscore Goddard 55. All social media handles. You can see my bets of the week. By the way. 13, 6, and 1 here, folks. 13, 6, and 1. Come ride the roller coaster with me because we're making money this year, folks. Lots of it. So let's just dive into week six. Let's go. Let's go.